This is The Bull, The Bear, and My Brother's Chair, a podcast hosted by brothers Nate and Brian Lucius, leaders of Gradient Financial Group. Each episode, they'll talk about how they are bullish, how they are bearish, and the chairs that they cherish. I'm David Backus, athlete, entrepreneur, and proud father. And I'm Callie Backus. We'll be on the show today to talk to the guys about our nonprofit, Athletes for Animals, a recent restaurant and venture, and what life looks like in the Backus household, and perhaps a little hockey. Okay, we are back with the bull, the bear, my brother's chair, Nate. It's about 145 degrees outside Minnesota. What's on your docket today? Well, we just had a little uh, ice cream truck deal outside. I know. And it was melting quickly. Yeah. Uh, but I'm bullish on that. I was bullish on it, but I'm, I'm trying I to- I didn't cut, have any ice cream. I'm trying to cut weight. Yeah. So- Brian was just telling me how you're supposed to eat like a certain amount of carbs, which are like protein, something else, and something else. It's called macros, Nate. Read macros. Macros. <laughs> I don't know what that is. No, the guy was telling me this guy trains professional- like bodybuilders, like not like strength ones, like the guys that stand up and flex on the and stage. He's taking an interest in you or what? He thinks I could be the next Arnold. Okay. That's what he All actually right. did. And I'm like, hey, bro, how do I lose some weight? And he's like, well, you don't need to get that technical like his people do. He took a look at me and is like, you just need the basics. And he said, you're full weight in protein grams. So I weigh per day 180. Okay, that's false. I weigh more than that. Per but day. anyway, per day, that's a hard one to do. Yes. Half your body weight in carbs. And grams of carbs yep. and then 50 grams of fats okay. and that's your makeup he said you do that for three days and then you can do your full body weight and carbs on the fourth day and then go back he said you do that nice. for 21 days i don't know significance that was okay and uh you'll be just absolutely shredded like a greek I'll god let you know how that goes in 21 days <laughs> um all right so let me talk about our guests today yeah we have uh david and kelly Backus on the uh yeah show today those uh, hockey fans on the listening, uh, David played for 15 years in the NHL uh, for 10 years with St. Louis. He was the captain of the St. Louis Blues for five of those years, then played in Boston, and then ended his career in Anaheim. He had a long run. He did. He had a 15-year, very successful career. Uh, he's uh, back when he started, and he's like 6'3", 225 when he was playing. Big guy, forward, and he was a... Uh, what they would call a power forward. Oh, yeah. Meaning he could punch a guy in the face or okay. score a goal. The enforcer or... Yeah, I don't know if enforcer is there, but like... He wasn't the guy you wanted to hit. Correct. Okay, And if, if he needed to fight, like, it was going to happen. Okay. So anyway, Dave and Kelly, they're uh, great people, and he obviously had a really successful NHL career, but they also have a nonprofit called Athletes for Animals, which for the past 10 years has been helpful in uh, donating well over a million dollars to different animal uh, rescue missions, rescue causes, uh, responsible pet ownership, and all the things that that they've done along with uh, several other athletes that obviously he's played with and interacted with over the years. And then their newest venture, which we'll talk about a little bit, is a restaurant venture Okay, here in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, which is all plant-based, and it's like a plant-based American grill. So not the old school. If you maybe had a plant-based burger six years ago, it's like the... It's not the, the one you buy in the freezer, dump it out, no, and you're like, I don't and it know just kind of spills that. out on your counter. Yeah. That's not it. So <laughs> okay. anyway, they're uh, kind of early investors in, uh, in the franchise in that business. So Will we've got a lot going. Do those go in a smoker? Because I have a new smoker. Like I don't know. They might. We'll have to ask him. Okay. All right. Good. Possible. 
maybe I'll get a veggie-based uh, ribs or something. Yeah, it's possible. Cool. Um, Very good. Well, look forward to that. Let's, before we bring him on, I'll let you, you, I'll go you first. take the interview yeah. today. But you take, what, are, what are we bullish and bearish on right now? So I got to go bearish. And this is a, a thing that I think people will understand. This is a deep subject? No. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> this is with respect to my phone. I have okay. an iPhone. Uh, it re- it's probably two years. There, is there a different phone that one can have? Yeah, there's like, you got like Nextel, right? The old walkie-talkie ones and some other things. Razor. Anyway, so my phone is probably just over two years old. It doesn't really take a charge that well anymore. Yeah. I kind of got to mess Mine's with the there. thing. Mm-hmm. And then when I go to my battery life, it says service. And so then it says normal. the maximum capacity is 77%. Oh. I got to believe that they can do better with keeping my phone working properly for two years. Well, you got to buy the new iPhone, the iPhone right. 13 or whatever is out, right? Because right. it's probably a game changer on that. You're right. I mean, how many cameras do yours have? Uh, three. This one has four. Right. So <laughs> that, that to me is, I feel like there's some gamesmanship there. It's possible. And I should be able to have my phone for three or four years and I feel it should work properly. For a thousand bucks. It does bucks. say I can take it in and get a new battery, but I don't know what. That really means Probably or if that eight hundred dollar battery or a thousand dollar new phone. Yeah, so they're like, oh, you can get a new battery for six fifty, or you can buy a new phone for nine hundred. <laughs> I don't know if that's really the case, but I'll I'll cross that bridge Most when I come likely. to it. It's but not I fifty feel, bucks. I feel a phone should have like a car, like four year fifty thousand. Little warranty, little battery little life four on it. Fifty. Four, like I should be able to run that thing years, hard for four thousand hours. Yeah. So anyway, that's I'm just okay. a little bearish on it right now because when you start your day with an iPhone. And it's fully charged. It usually goes till five, six o'clock, and then like it's done. Yeah, mine right now is going to like nine thirty in the morning. and yeah. it's done. So anyway, and when you buy a new one, it goes for like six weeks, and you yeah, have the to first charge year is it. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that's mine. I hear you on that. I'm actually getting a need to get a new phone because mine's just slowly dying. Um, I'm gonna go bearish too, not to be totally negative, but this one of just we were talking about it earlier today is I'm bearish on. Really, uh, you know, make a big, bold statement bearish on the 2024 election. Okay? Presidential We're early. We're super early. And you know what? I don't know who's going to run. I don't care. I just think that the, the last election, the two candidates that we had, is that the best that America, America the land of the free, the, one of the greatest countries in the world, hands down the greatest country in the world, that's the two that we mustered? Yeah. And it so is. it kind of goes back to the the whole like and I I don't follow politics much. I'm I'm what you'd call somewhere in the middle on most things. I'm not right left anywhere, but I think the two-party political system is kind of a messed up deal. Yes. Cuz what what happens if you go to vote for someone who's not one of the two parties? What do they what do they say you're doing? You're wasting your vote. Throwing away your vote, it's right? You might as well vote for it. the other person. It's not yeah. worth it, which is a terrible way to to go about things. So then you get into like gerrymandering and drawing the lines and all those things yep. and how this stuff works. And anybody who looks at that stuff or let's take recent headlines was insider trading. I think yep. Pelosi's husband bought a million bucks for the share of something. I'm not even saying it's a her thing. That's an all of them thing. Yes. Everybody looks at the stuff and says, man, that's jacked up. And does anybody do anything? No. Hell no. No. Nope. So I think the whole thing could use a little shake up. And I don't know how that, I don't know enough about to know how to fix it. But I'm just going bearish on it. It's kind of like saying, you know, I'm not going to buy an Apple phone and I'm not going to buy a Google. Droid. A Google. Was it, was it Google? Galaxy. Whoever. I don't know if you don't like have Like you're going to buy a third party phone. <laughs> no, you're not. 
It's just, that's just the way the world works. I feel like phones are one party. <laughs> no, no, it's two party. <laughs> so I'm just, the next election, I don't know who's running, and I don't even know if I care. I'll vote. Don't get me wrong. I, I, it's a great system. idea of a system. I just think it's time for a little bit of a revamp or something of how that all works. Yeah, I, I think that would be a noble cause of yours to take up. You know what? Uh, I don't know that I'm the guy to spearhead that campaign, but I'd, I'd join in if somebody else did. Yeah, that's great. Cool. Well, on that note, I will get out of here. We'll bring in David and Kelly and let you go from there. All right. All right. Well, welcome. I want to welcome uh, our wonderful guest today, David and Kelly Backus. David, Kelly, how are you guys doing? We're well. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks Good. for having us, Nate. Yeah, well, we've got uh, a lot to talk about here, so we got to try and condense this into a uh, you know thirty. 30-ish minute. Well, we're we not that? good at short answers, but we'll right. do our best. All right, that's okay. So I'm going to start here. How did you get, I'm going to go with Kelly. Kelly, how did you guys meet originally? You know, that's a question that we get a lot. And how did we meet originally? We met on the kindergarten square, um, crisscross <laughs> applesauce. Uh, what is that, like 33 years ago? Are we dating ourselves? So yes, yes David and I met in kindergarten. Wow. And then I guess you could say the love the love started um, in our high school years okay. when we both were, um, you know, playing hockey, Spring Lake yep. Park High School, went yep. to college together, MSU Mavericks, horns up, and then got married early. This, uh, what was it, 2008? Yeah. So, 2008. So, so 14 four, years. 14 yes. years. Okay. That's good. We'll come back to that, David, on some relationship stuff. We'll move we'll on from the there. Place. So. Let's, uh, so a couple little background here and what we'll talk about today. So David, you spent, uh, was it 15 or 16 seasons? 15 years in the NHL, yeah. 15 years in the NHL, mainly with St. Louis where you're drafted, right? Five years there, yes. Five years as the captain of the Blues. Correct. And then a couple of years in Boston and then a few, your last years in, in Anaheim, right? A few right? games in Anaheim. A few yeah. games in Anaheim. Well, I said a few years, you said a few games. <laughs> I get it. So let, let's start there for a moment. So you spent 15 years and a wildly successful NHL career. So my first question for you is, as you think about being an entrepreneur, an athlete, they have a lot of correlation. I was not a professional athlete, David, so I can't speak to that. But when you think about the first time, and I didn't ask him this question or tell him I was going to ask him this, but the first time in your mind where you thought, like, I can actually do this. I can make a living. I can be a wildly successful NHL player. Well, maybe there's more than one moment or maybe maybe it's now that you realize you but <laughs> you, you tell me like when do you think was that first moment when you're like I think I can do this? Well, I would say my goal of playing hockey all through high school was that I just wanted to get school paid for and I figured right. if I could get a scholarship and come out of school with no debt, I would be so far down the road from a lot of my peers that would have right. to pay for school that I, that's a great start. And the, you know, all the time and money my parents invested into bringing me to rinks and, right. you know, pouring into my summer camps and all that yep. thing that would be justified by me getting a scholarship. So, uh, I think it was when I was playing junior hockey and all of a sudden you look in the stands or after games, there's a bunch of, you know, men that are scouts that <laughs> have NHL jackets on. You're like, those guys are here to maybe see me right? and then start talking about central scouting rankings. And then there's going to be a draft in 2003. And yep. my, 
agents are talking to you. And all of a sudden it's like this world of the NHL is possible, but I wasn't naive to know that right. even if you get drafted, your chances of playing in NHL, even one game are still not awesome. Right. And let alone having a established career. So I would say after my sophomore year in Mankato, when St. Louis started talking to me about, Hey, the potential. You know we yeah. might want you to come out. I think it was a lockout year, my sophomore year. So okay. we, you know, it was, moot point to try to take me out of college. You know, right. I had to play in the AHL anyway. So right. then my junior year, when it was halfway through and I was excelling in the college ranks, I was like, I'm going to likely sign an NHL contract. Yep. And back then, uh, you know, talking about signing bonuses, my dad almost slapped me the first time they gave me an offer. And my <laughs> agent's like, we can't take this right now. Yep. It's not enough. And my dad, you know, coming from a middle, right. you know, middle America was like, you're going to turn down that much money just right. to sign this piece of paper. Anyway, the, the, it worked out and I signed a contract, but even then you got to fight your way up through the ranks. You got to stay healthy. You got to have opportunity knock and then perform at that exact moment to have a long NHL career. So I, I think while I worked hard because I was a hard worker, there's also a lot of fingerprints and people that have poured into my career. Totally. And so mm -hmm. long story, extra long that moment I think was in college when the team started talking to me about sure. we might want you to leave early because if you're leaving early from college that means you got a shot yep no that's that's awesome you played almost a thousand games right nine yep. 965 but, but who's counting in the regular season plus another you know bunch in the playoffs yeah so. and for those of you that don't know uh david uh you were i would think considered to be a hard-nosed player would that be a fair statement that's the only way i can make it <laughs> <laughs> so my question for you is as you look back over the last let's say 18 years 20 years since you've sure. been in college um when you think about the sports in general or the nhl in, in your case uh what do you think has changed like what's been the biggest you know, the, the biggest challenge of the game itself changing both positively, negatively, like how, how would you describe uh, that? I would say when I broke into league in 2006, uh, it was a game of will. Yes. And you had to outwill your opponent. You had to look them in the face and say, no matter what you do, I'm, I'm never going to quit. Yep. And I'm going to go further than you tonight. Now I think it's a game of skill. Right. And a lot of ways it's a good thing because you see some of the long-term effects of that game of will when it was, I mean, barbaric probably before my right. time and my time, it was much more of a, I, I would classify it more as a gladiator type sport yeah, of our, you're in it, you're, you're competing. And there's a bit of that, you know, fist to fist, bare knuckle type of atmosphere. Yep. And now that's not mostly gone, but it's, much tampered compared to when I first started in the league yeah. and the product is great. It's great to watch. And I've appreciated it more now that I'm retired because right. a lot of me had to think less of my opponents so that I felt like I could compete against yep. them when I was playing because I wasn't the most skilled guy, but I knew that there's no way you're going to make me quit tonight. Right. I think you were pretty skilled. I, I think, I think you're that. under, undervaluing that, that a little <laughs> bit, but not all of us are, you know, six foot three or four and two, whatever you are or what you're you playing days. So yeah. <laughs> I got you. Um, so a couple of things on, you know, Kelly, as you look, as you look back, you guys met, as you said, in kindergarten, you obviously didn't start dating till maybe a little bit later. Um, you're, you went to college together. Right. So at what point you guys were, 
were together? Was that college? Was that like, t- take me through kind of how this worked in your world when you watched him play and then he's like, I'm going to sign a contract. And like, how did that work yeah, from your side? Yeah, you know, I, I think we really have walked hand in hand um, the last 20 years or so um, through high school, through college. Yep. My first year of college, he was still playing juniors, so I would go down to Lincoln, Nebraska, sure, stay with his host family. Um, and then he came to college, and we'd go to those games, and um, we'd do those road trips with his family. And then he left college, and I was still finishing up. And then I would go down to Peoria, and yep. then he proposed, and then it was the next day he got called up, and then the rest of the yeah. time it was – you're still taking credit for that call. I, well, not taking credit, but just <laughs> exactly how it did work. It, you proposed, and then the next day, yeah. But so the, the next day was your first game. The next first NHL game. Well, yeah, I proposed, the and then the next day I got the call mm-hmm. that I was going to play yep. in my first NHL right. game the next day. And so. you got a point in your first NHL game. Is that? Uh, Technically, it's on the score sheet. I, it was. I saw like that. I told you it was ugly. <laughs> the puck hit me and went perhaps to the right an guy. assist. Yes. All right, that's good. So, as you guys, as David's playing, you guys then end up in St. Louis, right? Where where you were drafted, uh, spent ten years there. Kelly, talk about you know as that's happening. He's busy. He's playing. You got you're involved in lots of things, and you guys still are, I think, in the St. Louis community. Yeah, kind of, I think, what, what was that like as you began getting involved in the community? Um, you know, your passions, and obviously what he was doing. Right, I think you know, moving into a completely new city, a new state at 22. I mean, we were still babies, right. like fresh out of college, and we bought our first house together at. 23 we were living in st charles missouri and um you really have to integrate yourself into the community and and get to know people and you know establish new relationships you're you're away from your family you're away from that social network and that circle that you had surrounded yourself your entire lives and so it was what are we going to do and i went back to nursing school down there and that's where i went and i got my bsn i think we started volunteering regularly at an organization there where we were highly involved in the community in the animal rescue community um and the city really wrapped their arms around David and I and the efforts that we were doing and what we were trying to do for the city and um, how we were kind of giving back with his platform and lending his voice and really just trying to advocate for the voiceless and, and do something for the animal rescue community. That, that's great. And then so then in 2013, I believe it was, you guys officially founded a nonprofit. We which did. Was 20, Athletes for Animals. Yes. Athletes for Animals. Um kind of the brainchild of us just wanting to do something bigger and have um, a larger reach across North America and kind of collaborate with other athletes who were like-minded that wanted to lend their platform and voices to help out with different, you know, fundraisers or animal welfare initiatives or whatever that might be, raising funds or fostering adoption. And um, here we are in 2022 now, and we just kind of last week announced that we hit that million dollar mark of funds granted to organizations and nonprofits and shelters and really amazing, deserving rescue groups across the country. And we've done it with so many other like-minded athletes and people who really have a passion that's instilled in their hearts to help animals in need. That's great. And so how do you today, as you look back, it's nine years ago, I guess you started that. What does that look like today in terms of, you know, you started in St. Louis, you guys are obviously in Minneapolis now, spent some time in California and in Boston, but what does that look like today in terms of Athletes for Animals and explain that to us. Yeah, well, I I think it actually speaks to how integrated into the community we really became during our time in St. Louis. 
we still have board members there. Um, we, you know, our PO box is still technically yep. there. Um, and we just wrapped up a really successful campaign with Purina um, for a million mile challenge that was kind of led by Chloe Kim, who is, you know, a gold medalist, yes. Olympic snowboarder, who's yep. incredible. And I don't know if that partnership, because Purina is headquartered in St. Louis, would have ever come about without our time there and without yep. kind of the, the hours and the grind that we went through and really the hustle that we we both did day in and day out. I mean, there was days where we would just show up at the shelter and we were, you know, <laughs> taking dogs out, cleaning kennels, scooping litter boxes, yep. doing, you know, these, these, you know, hand, like we are the hands and feet of the organization, just trying to give of our time. And when we couldn't give of our time anymore, then we gave of our resources, right? Yep. So I think there's always something that we Absolutely. all can give. Yeah, and I know I've been to a few of the a few of your events. I don't have you guys done them since COVID or have not not since, since COVID, COVID happened. Yes, yes. Well, hopefully, we'll maybe we'll bring one back. Yes, what do you Minnesota think? Minnesota Meritage. I think that'd be great. Um, I, I do have a question for you both of you on as you talk about the things you've done. You guys have two children who are seven and four, four uh, similar to that. my kids. Uh, mine are eight and six now, and so as you think about you know the, the hockey career and all the things you guys have done. You know, they were pretty little when you were playing in, certainly in, in St. Louis. I don't know where they... Stella, Stella was, was born in St. Louis Stella was born in St. Louis, Louis when she was little. And then in Boston. And yeah. then in Boston. So what do they, you know, when like I have a four-year, or when I, my child, when I think about Kate and my little guy, when they were two, three, four, um, you know, whether you talk about sports or whatever, like it's hard for them to, when I mention like my technically Owen's uncles, who are my little brothers who play right? Everybody in Minnesota kind of plays hockey, right? And, and other states too. But what is there, like, how have you guys worked in what you've been able to accomplish in, in your hockey career and what you feel, you know, maybe they remember, maybe they don't. Obviously they see pictures, videos, other things. What, what, what has that meant to them? Or how do you, how do you incorporate that into their lives? I mean, I can speak to just a recent memory that I'm thinking just, I mean, last year and with the Olympics, then you ending, but right. you know, David brought home an Olympic medal at the 2010 yes. um, Vancouver games. That's right. And so it was really neat for the kids to be able to watch the Olympic games on TV. And they weren't, I mean, they were not even idea, an idea at that time, yes. right at 202010 but to, to know that daddy had gone and that they could, you know, tangibly hold this piece of metal, this hardware, this silver metal yep. and, and wrap it around their necks and, and maybe watch other, you know, fellow Americans and Olympians kind of take the podium and, and represent their country on that level was really neat for them to see pictures. And we, you know, kind of walk them through the memory book and then they could hold the medal and see that. And, you know, just thinking of David's last games and, you know, being able to have them create signs and say like, go daddy, we're proud of you. Those were really sweet, sweet right. moments. Right. Yeah. That's probably the thing I think looking back that COVID probably took the most from me. Sure. It's like when my kids were oldest, because my last two years were COVID years, that right. when my kids were oldest, especially when the stands were empty, yes. they didn't get to have those experiences that they would probably remember more of like me being on the ice yep. and me getting to see them in the stands. Uh, that being said, in our everyday lives now, I think our kids think it's insignificant that yeah. I played professional sports. I don't yep. know that they realize or recognize the small percentage of the world that gets right. to do that for right. a living. And that's fine. I think, you know, like some of the other parents of their friends are yeah. dentists and sure. daddy just played hockey and that's fine. And now we're into this restaurant world where yep. they say, Oh, 
stock and spade. That's what mommy that's and daddy are do. into right yep. now. And, yep. and that's perfectly fine. I think yep. there might be a time probably, you know, early in their teens where they're like, oh, professional sports is, I think my dad did that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that clicks and I hope I'm there for that second. Absolutely. But, but I'm fine. Yes. Know, I, I'm more happy being dad than I am yeah. of, you know, a person with significant, um, social yeah. standing. Well, well I can tell you that uh, my else. kids being six and eight, they, they don't know what I do either. Not that I played <laughs> in the NHL or anything right. like that, but they don't really have a clue either. Yeah. So we're kind of on the same page Just there. Dad, that's great. Um, no, that's, that's awesome. So let's talk about kind of the new venture. Obviously there's probably more than one new venture, but the one that I'm familiar with, which is uh, stock and spade, correct? Which is a restaurant venture that you guys have recent recently launched. We have uh, been become franchisees of Stock yep. and Spade, which is part of Steel Brands. They um, started with Crisp and Green. Now they're onto Stock and Spade. Might be a couple other concepts in the works for them, but sure. this is their plant-based American Grill concept. That um, I guess our background is when I was 33, still playing in the NHL. I thought I was as fit, you know, yep. taking care of my health as can be. Well, I got. Uh, a couple bouts of diverticulitis in my intestines. Right. And after a colon resection, I started talking to my surgeon just said, what can I do to not be, what else can I do? Right. I don't or want to have surgery. A, That's right. not, not this, ideal. Is this just a random occurrence? And he said, well, you know, the only thing you're not controlling is some, your diet. You're really a, a carnivore and that's slow processing through your intestines yep. and probably making you more susceptible to this. So I switched more to the plant-based world and high fiber and, cut out land animal that takes forever to digest. And um, so we were cooking for two instead of one. Yep. Because uh, Kelly has had a connection to her plate for a long time, um, <laughs> loving the animal world and not being able to, to necessarily eat them. She's seeing <laughs> a face when she sees that uh, piece of meat. But, and then we were out to eat. Um, we went out to eat in Wyzetta one night at Josefina yes. and, on a date. Great place. Then, Excellent. Place. Wonderful. Excellent cocktails too. Yes, <laughs> I would agree. So we saw people with their kids because we had a date night. I think my parents took the kids to the ranch maybe or and so we had a full night out and in typical parent fashion we were eating at five thirty anyway. Yeah. And there were people with their kids there, so we're like, you know what, this is so good, we'll bring the kids back next week. Well, we went to get a reservation, no reservations, and I remembered this um yellow and black facade on this building and I yep. said, I'm gonna check out what that is and it turns out it was stock and spade and i looked and it said plant-based american grill i'm like done that's meant to be we'll go yep. down there again went down there it was the best executed plant-based food we had had and we'd had it all over the country and then the atmosphere there was phenomenal and we said this is really great this you know we got to be a part of this and so just on a whim on the way home kelly's looking at the website and says it talks about franchising and i'm like fill it out see what <laughs> check you know, it out we'll, we'll get some information on it and yep through the whole process, we were just the way my mind works. I'm, I'm waiting for that red flag to come up. Of you know what? Yes. That's that's it. That's what we've been waiting for. That's the shoot. Yep. Pull the shoot. We're out of this, and it never came up. And now we've got one open and a, a second one in the build out phase. So, yeah. good. Yeah. And that one's in the downtown North Loop area. Right. The second one will be North Loop, and currently Stock and Spade is open in Wyzetta, and then um, our location is Edina, 50th in France. And I think you know to rewind that a little bit too. Our children, as we've st talked about, Stella and Dawson, um, in their seven and four years of life, they've never consumed meat. So it's really something that we practice at home. And I think going into the, you know, restaurant venture world and as, you know, we're 
helping kind of grow the brand and yep. we're, you know, walking kind of alongside and we're, you know, wanting to expand awareness and education in the Twin Cities for people to come into our restaurant to experience the product and to really have an incredible, you know, experience when they're in. It's um, something that we never considered. Right. But I think it really speaks to the brand and it speaks to stock and spade that when we were when, when we had that experience as a family, it was like, we've we've got to get behind this. We have to kind of help grow this and and be a part of it. It was something really exciting. Um, I don't think there would be any other kind of franchise that we'd want to get into. Right. I think this really aligned with our core values and beliefs and and as a family, what we kind of practice at home as well. Um, and we do. We want to make plant-based eating more accessible to Minnesotans, to everybody. We want people to experience it and to enjoy what they're tasting and eating when they come in. Right. What what is, is that? So I've got a good friend of mine who's actually coming to town tomorrow to play in a golf tournament with me. But so he about a year ago stopped eating meat. Yep. He still eats fish. So he's he, a pescatarian. He's a pescatarian, yeah. which that word to me yeah. a year ago was was a little bit okay, yeah, I gave him about sixty days to do that, mm-hmm. and he's a year later and he's still sure. doing yeah. it. So is that pesca? Is that a so our so stock and spade is one hundred percent animal free, yep. 100% dairy free, okay. and we have gluten free options. Got so it. we totally would appeal to this friend of <laughs> yours. Him? Okay. And we invite you to bring him in, Nate. Uh, we will do and that. And we would love to hear your review as a mediator. And that's, I think, too, yeah. we really, I think we value the the feedback from our yes. customers and we value the feedback from people that are from a vegan, a vegetarian, a pescatarian, yep. a carnivore background, because I think that's what's different about this brand is that the the experience that you're going to have, whether you're eating a burger or one of our, you know, chicken sandwiches or the oat milk shakes, you are going to be hard pressed to say that it tastes any. Right. I mean, it's just the flavor profile is phenomenal. Yep. And I think that's one of the challenges, right? When you see something on a menu and it's plant-based or whatever, however it's labeled. How does it deliver? Yeah. Pe- people, if you didn't know that, I agree with you and you just served it as a burger or a whatever, I bet you 70% of the world would say, oh, this is great. But Absolutely. when you read it, I think that, and that's, I think that's clearly going to, it's going to explode in the next few years of people just like that's becoming the normal, but that's got to be, that's a challenging thing to overcome. Yeah. And a lot of time. people, their introduction to plant-based eating was like a black bean burger. Right, it was four years ago. Right. And it fell apart. You just put it on the grill and it turned into yep. dust and you <laughs> ate it yes. and you try to You're put like, so much was... salsa or something on it and it yep. was disgusting. You're like, plant-based, not for me. What now, are the, Go ahead, it's, I mean, the execution of yep. stock and spade, and obviously I'm biased, but it's yes. it hooked us in. It was so good. Well, we, we will go there, yeah, I promise and I, you. And I think kind of what David spoke on, too, I think everybody has a why, right? And so for him, it was probably more health-oriented. Yep. For me, it's always been a really deep connection to my plate and kind of that factory farming and how our food arrives there and what has to go through that process. You know, then there's the environmental, you know, there's the water consumption, there's your carbon footprint, you know, there's just so many different like reasons why we, you know, what we consume and why we consume it. So um, if we can, you know, educate more people on that and make people more aware of you know, what they're eating and where it's coming from, and they can still have something really, really delicious right. and flavorful without it, you know, harming the life of an animal or, you know, right. furthering their carbon footprint or whatever that might be, right? What's your favorite thing on the menu, each of you? Uh, you if know, I had, there, there, give me one that I, you really a enjoy. A lot, but I, I'm going to go with the spicy sriracha chicken. Um, it's a house-made Korean barbecue sauce with Napa cabbage and cilantro and jalapenos. It's super delicious and flavorful. Right. And I get the shroom burger. Which is gouda, gouda cheese, uh, mushrooms. It's got 
Arugula. That's what I was looking Arugula. for. And then you're I looking put, for lettuce. But I, I put jalapenos <laughs> on the top of it, just kick it up a notch. And then I prefer the regular fries, and she's a sweet potato fry connoisseur and loves yep. those. So, uh, and then finish it off with a, a smiley shake at the end, the Oreo smiley shake. Or we, or have, some we have limited, limited time off for ones right now, like a strawberry cheesecake this summer, and then we're going to be rolling out some new yummy flavors in the Very next good. few weeks. So. And how, how many restaurants total are open, not just the ones that you guys franchise, but... Just two right now. Just two. Yep. And then so we'll Wyzetta be, and Edina. Correct. Yep. And then... North Loop will be number three, okay. and then there is um, exciting expansion happening with right. another couple that will be growing the brand down okay. into Miami, which is really exciting. So they'll be opening up some stores there, and then um, some up the the New East, York City, yeah, the East Coast yeah, um, into 2023. Yeah, yeah, so very good. Well, there's a couple. So I, at the end here, I want to get to a few fun questions okay. that I'll just wrap fire. fire. Yeah, but, fire those off. Yes. We're here but for before it. Before we do that, I gotta say so. Going back to hockey just for a moment. Yep. So the last game, I don't know if it was the last game. It was. It was, which was just through scheduling, right? The luck of the draw. Through Providence. So, yep. Was, okay, through Providence. <laughs> so when you were in Anaheim yep. and you went back to St. Louis, yep. right? And I don't know if you've seen, you guys have obviously, but the people listening that have seen the video, which was quite amazing, yep. I will say, um, what was that moment like for you to go back to St. Louis <laughs> to play your last game? Yeah, and the way the schedule had it, actually, our final four games in Anaheim were two in St. Louis and then two in Minnesota. So yep. it was potentially extra fairy tale, um, and I think it ended the way it probably should have with right. my last game being in St. Louis. And uh, so you, during COVID, we played like two game sets, almost like baseball, right. a lot. So yep. the first game, uh, I wasn't in a lineup, and actually Ryan Getzlaff, who's a captain of Anaheim went into the coach and said, listen, he's playing tomorrow. I don't care if I got a fake yep. an injury in warmups, he's, yep. he's going to play. And so they made it happen where I got in the lineup. Um, I was told my parents drove down. Uh, we had a, our board members from athletes for animals. Uh, little did I know that Kelly made a video with our kids and uh, our dogs in it to just kind of congratulate me on a, a great career that yeah. that was known to be my last game or potentially one more in Minnesota, but just to be back in St. Louis. And it was, I think a quarter of the crowd was there, but all the feels came back and to know that was, you know, where I started my career and where I was going to be able to finish it in that same building. And just the warm embrace I got from so many people around the town was, it was an unbelievable video on the whole end of the game. And it was games over and St. Louis guy stayed on the ice to shake my hand. And, you know, just that acknowledgement of, you know, growing yep. that organization a little bit and the respect there. Um, you know, I, that's what I love most about hockey is that there's a mutual respect that has to absolutely be part of the game where you try to pound each other's heads in for yep. 60 minutes, but afterwards you can, you know, share a beer right. or shake each other's hands, knowing that you were trying to help your team win. And um, to see that. And then my parents came onto the ice and Darren Pang's asking me questions yep. about my time. Uh, Kelly's got the video with the kids. And so it was, it was all the feels and more and just a you know, great exclamation point to yeah. my career. And then, um, you know, shortly after that, I had a conversation with the GM of the Blues and yep. said, you know, what do you think about retiring, you know, signing a one-day yep. contract here to retire as a member as of the Blue. St. Louis Blues? Yep. So was, we did that, and I just think it was a perfect ending. It was meant to be and uh, very blessed to have had that, yeah, that was my a- last time on the ice in the NHL. What was your uh, your take on that that day that 
yeah, evening. I, it was um, wildly emotional. Of course, it was kind of during that height of COVID. So yep. trying to logistically figure out how the kids and I were going to like fly to St. Louis and try <laughs> and be there. And they had asked us. So, you know, we quick threw together a, a video. And I think, you know, it really spoke to, I think, the man and the person that he is on and off the ice because I think being a player, you only go so far, right? Like I think people you're remembered for kind of that legacy and the, what you leave behind that you go above and beyond that. Right. Like it's not just about like how many goals you score, how many assists or hits you get, right? Like it's what, it's who you are and what you do as a person and with that time and what, what, you know, he did with that time while he was in St. Louis. And, and I think that really, um, you know, spoke to just like who he was and and what you did for the community. Yeah, that's awesome. So a couple of uh, a couple of fun ones to close. Okay, you guys ready? I'm ready. All right. So David, how many fights were you in? I'm talking real fights, not <laughs> not around the net. You know, I punch you guys in the back. Forty gloves off. Forty gloves off. Really, yeah. that okay. many? The online oh said like thirty four. Okay. I'm not sure if that's true. It felt but... like one hundred and thirty four, <laughs> but. I survived 34 of them. Who was the guy? I'm not saying you didn't want to fight him, but who was the the one or one or two guys? And if you don't want to name names, you don't have to, but who was the one guy you're like, all right, if I fight this guy, like, I got to be ready to go? Oh, that was so many guys. There's like, (laughs) there's so many guys that are. Yes. And and I lived with one that I think had helped me survive the NHL, DJ King and the minors, where I generally think he liked to fight. Absolutely. And you know what? There's something about fighting where it yep. hurts, A, to get punched. Yep. But B, if you punch somebody, it doesn't feel good either. Right. Like, your hand can get Especially mangled Especially you get it. their mask right. or their helmet. So, or... To me, it was kind of a lose-lose where you got to show up and do it and yep. maybe intimidate your opponent a little bit or yep. stand up for yourself. So, uh, man, there was there were so many guys. Um, you, don't, you don't have to name one. I just... I, uh, I probably had eight of those 34 were... I was hoping the fight would end immediately after it started (laughs) or my adrenaline got the best of me and I was like, oh boy, what did I get myself into? Thankfully, injuries from fighting uh, didn't happen for me and I got out unscathed. Yeah, that's good. All right, Kelly, so you and your kids, it's a Saturday and you're not working or doing anything with Athletes for Animals or anything like that. What are you guys doing? bored. Um, not bored. What, what, what Chasing children, right? Um, you know what? We have been very blessed. So we have a little property just um, into Wisconsin. Yep. Um, and it's our, we call it our ranch. So there's, we have 30 acres there. And David's dad is, has a green thumb, loves to garden. So he plants a very large garden there, usually by the, before we get home. So we, we don't really have any hand in actually like, you know, what, sowing, sowing seeds. seeds. Um, but, you know, he does all of that. But we are... Um, just my hands in the dirt and, you know, weeding the kids are out They're catching snakes or toads or turtles and they're away from screens and they're just being kids, um, running barefoot through the fields. We're out back. We've, we actually, David's dad did this beautiful cross, um, out of Barnwood because we kind of, you know, re, re, redid this old hobby farm into a living living quarters, but, um, we have like a mama bear and her babies up there right now, which is really special. The kids love to put corn out for the deer. So it's just to embrace, you know, just really being in nature and peace. That's kind of what our weekends, um, great. kind of unwinding. Thank you. Yeah. David, had you not played in the NHL, mm-hmm. 
and you had a stuck with uh, Minnesota State. Yep. What do you think you would have done for a living? My educational path was I was in electrical engineering school. Okay. So I wanted to be electrical engineering and then go to law school and do patent law. Okay. That's kind of the trajectory I was on and said so, I got somewhere a dozen between concussions. the NHL and electrical engineering. Yeah, somewhere right? in, somewhere in there, that. Yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of where I would see myself if hockey never yeah. progressed to the stage. Well, it, it certainly did. Um, that's good. Um, all right. The for both of you, last question. If you think back to college, high school, whatever, the favorite date you guys ever went on? Date. Something memorable. You're like, oh, I can't believe he or she did that. That was fun. Anything. Vacation, date. Vacation, I mean, anything like birthday. that. I mean, that was really fun. You did surprise me. What and was that? T- totally. That was, but that was just like a month or two ago. I mean, it yeah. could still be your favorite. When, and what was that? <laughs> he um, surprised me. We flew to Vegas from from um, our home in Newport, and we supplied surprised you with a sitter. That surprised me with their sitter. The My mom and dad were there. They surprised us. It was lovely. I was in full tears. We went to the Carrie Underwood concert, which Very was good. fantastic. Um, so that was a fun. And what surprise. did we bring home with us? What did we bring home? COVID. Oh, we did ah, bring COVID. COVID. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, it's it's funny. It's like, I think to try and pinpoint like a certain specific favorite memory or date. I mean, we've had, been very blessed and um, we've, you know, this journey that we've been on, there's been a lot of ups and downs yep. and, and everything Certainly. in between. So, yeah. That's great. I don't know if there's one date. Uh, I mean, like traveled a bit we went to, on a hearing aid mission with starkey yeah hearing absolutely foundation yeah. here in town and um so we were in africa and yep i think there was at the time that we were in south africa we extended the trip a little bit right and the south african rand was so devalued that we were eating at nobu i think i ate all the sushi i could ever eat back in the day and it was like 90 bucks with drinks <laughs> at nobu which is normally yeah. like today be 490 yeah, exactly. are you gonna say yep. the great white shark diving is well, that what you're gonna yeah, get i think yeah. that that sort of when we were almost throwing up over the great white of the sharks yeah. that's uh <laughs> so that's, that's awesome that was an exhilarating one yes that's great um so yeah i think uh you know that that should do it for today anything else you guys want to share um you know athletes for animals let's close with that so if somebody wanted to Get involved. Oh, like, absolutely. hey, I want to be a part of this. What would you say to them? Yeah, I would say please visit our website. It's www.athletesforanimals.org. Um, so real, you know, sh- shameless plug there. But there's a lot of ways to get involved. I mean, if, if you're looking to donate, of course, you know, we are a nonprofit. We accept donations. But right. I would just say really just, you know, there's so many organizations across the country. So wherever you're listening from, if you're looking to get involved or volunteer, you know, foster, adopt, show up at a shelter, just give how you can, whether that's tangibly and you can drop off blankets or old towels or sheets or dog food, cat food. And I think, you know, even if it's not animals, I would just encourage, you know, your followers and listeners to just, um, you know, give how they can give and, you know, whatever kind of breaks their heart in whatever that, you know, whatever capacity that looks like. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And certainly, David, congrats on a a wildly successful NHL career and Obviously, the nonprofit, the Athletes for Animals, the uh, Stock and Spade, the new restaurant venture. I'm sure there's more to come from you all um, as you go, but certainly congrats and, and thank you for joining me. Thank you, Nate. Thanks for having us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>